Lecture topic: Gaining honor through complete deen. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladina astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu dukhulu fi al-silmi ولا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين صدق الله العظيم Most respected on my kiram, brothers and elders This ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala addresses the mu'minin Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu So those who have already entered into Iman, Allah has blessed them with the greatest wealth. They already have the belief that is necessary to be a mu'min. So these are the people that are being addressed. So people who have Iman, they are the friends of Allah Ta'ala. Allahu ladina amanu. Allah is the friend of the, friend of the believers. Allah is the friend of the believers. Allah is addressing His friends. And though generally we won't be able to detect this in a translation, because a translation cannot do any justice to the original, though it gives the meaning on a general level. So on that note, the translation is used. Translation is then a means of helping a person to understand the meaning if he doesn't know the original Arabic but you cannot do any justice in any way whatsoever and therefore the Tilawat of the Quran Sharif which is such an important aspect in a mu'min's life that also will not be fulfilled by reading some translation alone. The translation is in its place and it should be accompanied with an authentic tafsir in order to get the message of the Quran Sharif. Those aspects that deal with ahkam, we don't delve into that in terms of trying to deduct and deduce masail. That is the function of those who are qualified for that. But to get the message of the Quran Sharif through an authentic tafsir, but that will not replace tilawat. Tilawat is a separate aspect in a mu'min's life. Utluma uhiya ilayka min al kitab to highlight and emphasize this aspect of tilawat. Allah Taala addressed Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Utluma uhiya ilayka min al kitab. You also make tilawat of what has been revealed to you from the Kitab, from the Qur'an Sharif. Nabi Kareem Salaam's Tilawat in one one rakat would be sometimes what's the duration or the extent of what we will understand to be about five, six paras of the Qur'an Sharif. Lengthy rakats, so lengthy that his Mubarak feet would swell. Tilawat. So this Tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is a separate requirement, separate, though not that it's categorized by the fuqaha as far as, but it's something that a mu'min can never spend his day without. 
past his day that no tilawat took place. So in any case, tilawat of the Quran Sharif will not be replaced by studying a translation. But the point that we were getting at is that the translation cannot do justice to the original text. The original wording, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, it's just translated, O you who believe. But a person who's familiar with the Arabic language, with the constructs of sentences, like for example, Ya Bunayya, in several places in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes the, or mentions the advice that Luqman gave to his son, Ya Bunayya. Nuh addressed his son, Ya Bunayya, come ma'ana. Now, it is oh my son, but that is a very inadequate translation. Ya Bunayya, to translate it, oh my son, is a very inadequate translation. This is an address filled with love. The very word Bunayya, Arabic is Tazghir, and here it's meant to denote affection, love. So now a person who is not familiar with these intricacies of the Arabic language, he won't pick that up at all from the translation. So likewise, this is, Ya ayyuhal amanu. This is a very affectionate address. Allah Ta'ala, Rabbul Alameen, our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, Allah Ta'ala is addressing us in a very, very affectionate manner. When a person is addressed by somebody in an affectionate way, and even if he had some reservations to his heart melts, you have to imagine that Allah Ta'ala, who is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, and who has granted us everything, and we are totally dependent on His help and assistance every breath for our survival. We totally depend on Him every moment of our lives in dunya, and we will be totally dependent on His help in the cover and on the day of Qiyamah, and to get past the bridge across Jahannam, the Pulsirat, and only with His grace and mercy that we'll be able to enter Jannah. And therefore, in every rakat of every salah, we are to ask Allah Ta'ala's help, in Surah Al-Fatiha, Allah, you alone do we worship, and you alone do we seek help from, because all help is from you alone, and we are desperately in need of your help every moment of time. If for one fraction of a second, if that help of Allah Ta'ala is removed from us, we won't survive. So, that Rabb who created us, who is sustaining us, and who we are dependent on entirely at every, every moment of our existence. But he is addressing us with affection. Somebody's parent addresses them with affection, melts their heart. The spouse addressed somebody with affection, it melts the heart. Let alone that children affect, address the parents with affection, some senior, some elder with affection, it melts the heart. Rabbul Alameen is addressing us with affection and it doesn't have any effect on our heart. <coughs> this is meant to make a mu'min jump up. That, Ya Rabb, what you are commanding me to do, I'm ready. So all the ayat where 
Allah Ta'ala has addressed the believers all fall into the same affectionate manner of address. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Entire Quran Sharif is filled with this. So in this ayat as well, Allah is addressing the believers. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. So it's not just some kind of dry address. Quran Sharif is normally or often described as a book of law. No, no, it's far from that. Yes, there are laws of Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif. The Quran Sharif is a book of Hidayat. Yes, it has numerous ayat are pertaining to the laws of Deen. But those ayat of the Quran Sharif also that pertain to the laws of Deen, <coughs> they are also filled with that affectionate address. That these are the commands of Allah Ta'ala for your good. Unlike the laws of dunya, how it is addressed, very dry, cut and dry. This is it and don't do it, and this is the consequences, and so many years in jail, and that's the end of it. This is a very, very affectionate address. And the more one ponders over it, this will melt the heart, that my Rabb is talking to me. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who believe, udkhuloo fi silmi kaafa. Enter into Islam fully. Now who is being addressed? Not people who don't have Iman. Allah is addressing the believers. Allah is addressing those who already declared that they believe in Allah Ta'ala. Those who have declared the Shahadat. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah. Ashadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa Allah is talking to us, to those who have Iman. Allah is saying, enter into Islam fully. So what does this mean now? The person already has Iman. What is going to enter into Islam fully? So one dimension of this is, that enter into Islam fully, Alhamdulillah that Iman is there in the heart, but that Iman in the heart now must impact on every lumb. And every limb must become subservient to Allah Ta'ala. And every limb must become compliant to Islam. So the eyes must also enter into Islam. Meaning the laws of Allah Ta'ala pertaining to the eyes, the eyes must now obey. The eyes must submit to it. Allah Ta'ala has commanded, min Say to the believing men to lower their gazes, the eye must become Muslim. Enter into Islam fully. So the eyes must become Muslim also. Alhamdulillah, the heart is mu'min. But sometimes the eyes are not Muslim. The eyes are something else. The ears are not Muslim. Meaning it's listening to what Allah is displeased with. Listening to things which are sinful, which are evil. The tongue is not Muslim. The tongue is now uttering things which are vulgar, which are vile, lying, backbiting. So every limb must submit to Allah Ta'ala. Deen in totality must come in the life. Not taking part of it and leaving part of it. This is Allah Ta'ala has warned about this and sounded a warning about those who did this. Those who made the Qur'an Sharif into parts. Some part they accepted, which suited them, and something they felt, this is not something that goes well with me, it's a bit difficult for me, 
not very palatable for me, so leave it out. Because if something, if the tongue is affected by illness, by sickness, person has a severe flu, so now that tongue which is sick, which is affected by illness, by sickness, where is going to taste something sweet as sweet? It's going to taste the sweet things as butter. That's the sickness on the tongue. That's not the issue at hand. But because of the disease in the spiritual heart, that blinds a person. His whole thinking changes. His preferences change. Hazrat Muhammad Palampuri Sahib he had once mentioned in one bayan that one Jamaat had come from America to India. So it was a Jamaat where the woman folk had come along with their husbands. So now in the Aligarh Muslim University, there was a program for the woman folk addressed by one of these women who had come from America. Now merely having heard that there's a lady from America that is going to be coming here and she's going to be addressing the gathering. So in order to now impress somebody who's from America, that's also part of the same earth that we live on. But because now maybe there's a different twang in the accent or something, so now they all probably didn't realize what nature of gathering this is. So they dressed up for America. And they made themselves up for America. And they came and presented themselves in this gathering in that manner. So in any case, this lady had now already come from a different... She came on a different note. She had come on a dini note. So she, in any case, the Ma was now giving the karguzari of this. Later on, this must have been reported to him. So he mentioned that she carried on brought the, the topic to a point where now it comes to a point where things peak. When it came to the peak, so now she addressed everybody directly. And so you see that lifestyle, that lifestyle that we spat out, now you are leaking it. That lifestyle, we already went through this whole circus, this whole chakar. We already saw the damage and the harm that it brought to us. We already tasted its bitter fruits. We already suffered the consequences of this lifestyle. We already saw how it disintegrated the whole family system. We already saw how it became such a scourge in society that there was no chastity left, no morality left. person couldn't be sure about who's his son or who's somebody else's child. We spat this lifestyle out. But now what we spat out, you want to go and grab that same lifestyle. What kind of intelligence is this? So now this is the same thing when the heart has become diseased, the spiritual heart has become diseased, the eyes become blinded from what is right, what is wrong. That what is right, person can't see the goodness in it because Blind person, what is going to see? The disease of the heart has affected the spiritual sight. A person can't see good from bad, light from darkness, cannot see anything. 
So Allah Ta'ala is addressing the believers, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who have iman, Udkhulu fissilmi kaafa. Enter into Islam fully. Every limb to submit to Allah Ta'ala. The eyes, the ears, the tongue, the hands, the feet, the mind. Submitting the mind to Allah Ta'ala, even the thinking must conform to what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. In terms of the occasion when this ayat was revealed, the Mufassirin explained and quote the hadith wherein it is mentioned that some of the Jews who had accepted Islam, among them was Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu ta'ala very very prominent person in his community, very great scholar he was among them, then Allah ta'ala blessed him with tawfiq and he came into Islam and several others also came into Islam so now when they came, became Muslims, they came fully, wholeheartedly it wasn't something that they were they had any reservations about anything about Islam but then one thing occurred to them that in the Jewish faith the Sabbath was a very important thing Saturday, observing Saturday as a sacred day this was part of a very important part of their faith. So it crossed their minds that well, in Islam, there is no compulsion that you must regard Saturday as an ordinary day. If somebody, for example, does some extra ibadat on Saturday, just doing some extra ibadat, Juma is the day of the Muslims, but for example, somebody fasts on a Saturday, some it's just like Monday, or Wednesday, or Thursday, or Saturday. So there's no issue with that. But they took it as on this note, that there's no compulsion not to do anything extra on a Saturday. So if we just observed Saturday also, gave it some little extra importance, so we so to say fulfilling what the requirement, or what was an important occasion in the, in the previous life, and there's no obligation to anything, we haven't crossed any line in terms of deal. That is what crossed their minds. Likewise, in Judaism, it was not permissible to consume camel flesh or drink the milk of a camel. So, well, Islam didn't compel somebody to drink it or eat camel flesh. Not farz and compulsory, you must eat camel. So we just abstain from it, that's all. Not that we're going to regard it as haram, but we'll just abstain from it. But this thinking, though outwardly was a noble thought, outwardly, apparently was a good thought, that in a way it's now taking care of, so to say, two faiths. We are Muslim fully, but it's accommodating something else which doesn't harm anything in terms of deen. They haven't crossed any line in terms of deen. But that was a thought which was misplaced. A good intention but misplaced. Merely the good intention doesn't justify the end. Having a good intention, mashallah, very good. But somebody with a good intention is stealing to help the poor. So he says, no, but he got a good intention. So now the person now who was supporting this, that if he got a good intention, let it be. Then one day his car got stolen too. So people told him, no, it got stolen with a good intention. So he says, no, 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 this can't carry on. So that good intention doesn't justify it. The good intention is in place, but the action must be correct as well. 
So now, mashallah, this intention was good, but this was not in order. It was. It seemed to be a good thing. It seemed to be a noble thing, but it was not in order. Allah Taala revealed this ayat of the Quran Sharif on that occasion. That all you who believe, don't try to accommodate anything else. You just come fully into iman and Islam. Don't try to look left and right to accommodate something from the sides. That is compromising your deen. You come into Islam fully. And don't look left at me. There's nothing anywhere else. It's all only in deen and in Islam. So don't try to accommodate anything else. And that is unfortunately the direction in which things are being pushed. That accommodate everything. Now just now will be December, then accommodate it. Celebrate the Christmas also. And then celebrate the New Year's as well. Then something will come up later. Then celebrate the Diwali also. And celebrate what not. So that's just one aspect. So many other things. And then the dilution of deen happens. And when the dilution of deen starts, then there's no end to it. So this is the message Allah is giving us. Enter into Islam entirely, fully. No half measures. And wherever there's going to be some kind of half measures or trying to accommodate something from somewhere else, Allah is already warning us. Don't follow in the footsteps of shaitan. Just stick to what Allah Ta'ala has commanded. And follow the way that Nabi Karim Salaam has given. This is the way that the Sahaba Ikram responded. And let alone respond by just taking it fully. Subhanallah, they responded by taking it immediately. One is taking it fully. But now after a while, digesting it, thinking about it. And then, well, okay, inshallah. And then finally, somewhere down the line, finally the step is taken. And the Sahaba Ikram, against everything that they might have desired to against whatever they might have taken qasams upon. Maqil bin Yasar radiallahu ta'ala he got his sister married to an sahabi and in a very with a lot of respect a very honorable way and the sister was perhaps in his care so whatever was supposed to have been done he did everything in a very honorable manner in great respect and honor he got his sister married to this person. Something happened, whatever happened. So the Sahabi gave her one talaq. Now after one talaq, and that is the correct procedure that if it ever comes to a point, Allah protect us, Allah Ta'ala save all the nikahs, that if it comes to a point of no return, and this has become the only remedy. Because sometimes, if gangrene has set in to insist that there shouldn't be an amputation is to risk the whole body there. But that is the point where amputation takes place. When it has become gangrene now. Meaning when now there is no hope at all, rather trying to force this is going to cause a bigger explosion. But that's not something that can be decided in one day and one night. That's a whole process that goes through to come to that conclusion. So in any case, if that is Allah Ta'ala has therefore left this provision in deen. This provision in deen is for that situation. So the correct procedure then is that a person issues one talaq and then just leaves it as is. And then when the iddat has expired, 
if it's one clear word of talaq, automatically upon the expiry of the iddat, that will become final, meaning that nikah will be terminated. And that's the end of it for now. But should the couple wish to reconcile, there is still space for that. Because one talaq only was issued. Now, unfortunately, number one, the jahalat that and the ignorance that prevails, and from both sides, sometimes on the sides of husbands, that on small little matters to start off with, the very, very terrible thing of threatening with talaq all the time. Every small little issue, and there's a threat of talaq. And if you don't stop this, or you don't comply with this, or you don't fulfill this, then this will be it. And the threats of talaq. Talaq has become like a plaything. Whereas this is a very serious matter in regard to one particular incident that happened in the time of Nabi Karim Wasallam. No time to go into the details, but it was pertaining to talaq. Some issue about talaq. And somebody went about it the wrong way. Nabi Karim Wasallam became very, very upset. And the words that he used was, Ayyul Abu Bikitabillah. That is the Quran is being trivialized? Is it being made a play? It was a matter of talaq. Somebody had done something in an incorrect way. No time for the details. But the Bishnasim became very angry at this. And the wording of the reprimand at that time was, are you playing around with the book of Allah Ta'ala? So, the correct procedure is that that, now that iddat will pass, and then that will be the final, meaning the dikah will terminate. But unfortunately on the one side, this is what happens, threats of talaq. And on the other side sometimes, there's a little bit of an issue, and then there's a demand for talaq. Rather just give me my talaq, let me go. Now then in that jahalat, some people blurt it out too. And then everybody cries over it. The damage is done. Then sometimes, many many instances, Everybody cries over it. But then sometimes the damage is so far gone, person blurted three talaqs, and now severed everything forever, now it's too late to cry anything. So in any case, coming back to what we were talking about, the incident, so he had issued this one talaq. But now after the one talaq, there's still space, one clear word of talaq, there's space up to the end of the iddat to recall the wife. So now if the person nearly recalled her, that talaq, now will be uplifted, meaning that one talaq was given, but the effect of it for now is gone. And that nikah is still continuous now, it's, it's valid. There's no need to renew the nikah. But now this ample space in that time, by the time that it terminates, it'll be minimum one and a half months or so. Because one and a half months passed, and this person didn't make ruju, he didn't recall her. So eventually that nikah got terminated. Now that nikah got terminated, so she came back to her house, meaning the house of her brother, that's where she was staying. He was caring for her. She was obviously very hurt. Any case, some time passed, and now the regret set in. Whatever happened, happened, but now the regret set in. So now he decided to reconcile. Now when he decided to reconcile, he proposed again. And she too was happy to accept this proposal. But the brother who was the guardian, he came in between and he said, never, he took a qasam, this will never happen. 
says, with such honor, such dignity, I gave you my sister in marriage, and then okay, there was some issue, there was some argument or something, in that heat of the moment, you issued one talaq, but you had ample space to recall, and to reconcile. You allowed that iddah to pass completely too. And all that time and duration, you said nothing, did nothing to patch up the situation. Now when everything is over and done and dusted with, now you're coming back and asking, no way this will never happen. He took a qasam on it. On this occasion, Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat of the Quran Sharif. The tarbiyat of the sahaba ikram, Allah Ta'ala made from the skies. Many, many ayat came upon the incidents of the sahaba ikram, and this was made to happen. These incidents were made to happen for the, for the lesson for the ummah. The Sahaba, so to say, presented themselves. We are ready for however we be to be used, so that we could become a means of the lesson for the Ummah. So now when this happened, Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, وَإِذَا طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ فَبَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُنَّ فَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ أَيَّنْكِحْنَ أَزْوَاجَهُنَّ إِذَا تَرَادُوا بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ ذَٰلِكَ يُعَدُ ذَٰلِكُمْ يُعَدُ بِهِ مَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ If you have iman in Allah in the last day, that this is the advice to you, that those who now have given the talaq for whatever happened, but if they wish to reconcile, they don't come in between that. Don't try to prevent it. Now this yet, meaning how passionately he had undertaken to prevent this, it will never happen. He took a qasam to say it will never happen. And now when the ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed, as soon as he was told this is the ayat that has been revealed, his immediate response without a moment of hesitation, Sam'an ya Rabbi wa ta'atan. Oh my Rabb, I've heard and I've obeyed. I've heard and I've submitted. He went ahead and got the nikah done. That this is Allah's command, no hesitation, total, no questions upon it, nothing to now make any issues but this or that, nothing. Allah's command, no ifs and buts. So, the total submission to Allah wa ta'ala, entering into Islam fully, not that they just entered fully, they entered at a speed fully, without a moment of hesitation. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an, Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala an had a very very painful incident that happened where she was slandered and a person very close to Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an, his cousin Mista, he got somehow caught up in circulating the slander. Now that happens, rumors, people don't think, just carry on, forward to all and then as received, as if that as received is going to save us on the day of Qiyamah. That as received means what? It means that just as I receive the slander, I'm sending it like that. Just as I receive the zhibat, I'm passing it on to you. So somebody told me, so I'm telling you. So who else is involved in the zhibat? Obviously. Pressing that one button doesn't make it now something else. That as received doesn't say, no, the zhibat came from you directly there. Who's passing it on? The social media, unfortunately, much of it has become fitna media. And in so many different ways also. One is all these things that carry on, the gossip that carries on. People's izzat is just trampled in the process. 
And then in so many other ways, everybody has to post everything that they do. And now everybody else has to see what's getting posted from here to there. And as a result, all the hasad and ill feelings all start building up now. Out of nothing. But this is the issue. We should stop looking at what's going on elsewhere. And stop putting things in the whole public and inviting nazar also. People invite it. They want to boast about things. And then when the ill effects of that come, now they're crying over it. But now we want to plaster this all over the world. This is what I'm doing and I'm doing it often that is highly exaggerated too. But just so that we get an ego boost. And then on the other side, we're looking at all kinds of things. Who's doing, doing what? And unnecessarily burning over it. And we got out of it. Just futile. This is all the effects of not using the gaze correctly. I'm looking at things around, this person bought this, and that person bought that, and this person is driving this, and this person is flying here, that person did this in this manner, and had this in that style, and then what it does to the heart. So now eventually, one, two, three, ten, twenty, everybody seems to be flying high, how long am I going to drive on the road now? So now the whole mind is now running in the same direction. And instead of the heart being connected to Allah Ta'ala, the whole direction and qibla of the heart has become materialism now. Consumerism. Everybody's buying things, what I'm going to buy now? Everybody's flying here and there, when I'm going to fly everywhere? Everybody's doing all these things. So the whole direction of the heart has gone somewhere else. And what's the catalyst of it? The eyes. Looking at all these things now, want to be on every group and this and that. But then often these become the groups where shaitan is one part- partner there as well. And instigating so many issues and making things happen. In any case, the point here again we were talking about is that submitting totally to Allah Ta'ala, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Ta'ala, we're talking about his incident. So this was a very painful thing that happened. Sayyidina Aisha Ta'ala, his daughter, is slandered. And then this cousin of his who was a very poor person, who Abu Bakr himself used to assist financially. But he somehow got caught up in passing on this news. So now, after some time, some time passed, and eventually an entire ruku of the Qur'an Sharif was revealed, which highlighted the great personality of Sayyidah Aisha ta'ala anha, her purity. So now this entire slander was now, it was all exposed. This was all just a slander. That there was no reality in this at all. So those who were involved in the slander were punished for the slander. Eighty lashes. One of them was Mista also. But now there was a personal injury here. That he was a cousin. He was somebody that was being assisted. And he got caught up in this. So the father now obviously got very very hurt. He was hurt all the while. But now when something happens from close range, it hurts more. Some stranger walking on the road, he swears at somebody. That is not even one fraction painful as somebody very close says half, something half as bad. Something maybe one-tenth as bad. This becomes very hurtful because of the relationship. So he was very hurt. He took a qasam. I mean the whole thing, reality opened out now. that This was all a slander and you also got involved. He took a qasam, I'll never help you again. I'll never ever assist you in any way again. He was a very poor person and dependent on that help. 
But as soon as this incident happened, the ayat of the Quran Sharif came. وَلَا يَأْتَلِ أُلُوا الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ وَالشَّعَدْ فِأَيُّؤْتُوا لِلْقُرْبَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَالْيَعْفُوا وَالْيَسْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat that those who Allah has blessed with some abundance, Allah has blessed them with virtue and high rank, they should never ever take such a qasam that they will not assess their relatives, those who are muhajir and those who, have, uh, who are muhajir in the path of Allah Ta'ala Rather what they should do, وَالْيَعْفُوا وَالْيَسْفَحُوا They should forgive and overlook. Allah Ta'ala says, أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ إِنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ Do you not love Allah should forgive you? Now how painful this whole incident was. And was something that got resolved in one day. It was a lengthy period of time that passed, which kept the pain at a peak for a long time. So that now just makes it so much more painful and difficult. Now after all this, he barely took this qasam and the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif comes, don't make, take such oaths, rather forgive and overlook. Don't you wish Allah should forgive you? He immediately when he hears this ayat, he says, Bala, أُحِبُّ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لِي فَأَنَا أَغْفِرُ لِمِسْبَحَ I want Allah to forgive me, I love this. I will forgive Mishpah immediately. And I will continue giving him the assistance I used to give him. Now outwardly it's just a matter of a lesson of forgiveness, just a lesson of, well, uh, continuing with some sadaqah and charity. It is all that and it is far more than that. It is all this also. It's definitely a very big lesson of forgiveness. Very big lesson. But at the same time, it is a very, very, very big lesson of total submission to Allah Ta'ala against whatever is in the heart, sometimes whatever feelings are there that are sort of between a person and doing that action because he doesn't want to do it, his heart is not feeling inclined to do it there's some reservation, this person hurt me so much this person became a means of such great injury to me I must be helpful to him, don't want to do it but Allah's command came, I'll trample my feelings and do what Allah Ta'ala wants what Allah's command is now that is not just submitting to Allah Ta'ala totally and entering into Islam fully, but entering immediately. Entering without a moment of delay. Now this is unfortunately the problem with us, that because sometimes we are, Alhamdulillah, that too is Allah's fadal, we are in practicing on certain parts of deen, so we take it for granted that we are now very good Muslims in every sense of the word. Whereas we have to still see whether we fulfill this command, to find out from the Ikram, this is my life, this is how I live, this is how I do business, this is how I conduct myself at home in terms of my day-to-day life. This is what the issues are in my life. How much of this is in compliance with Allah's command or is something outside? I need to come fully to Islam. Not one leg in, one leg out. Because that one leg in, one leg out, there's no guarantee that there will be husnul khatima. That when a person leaves dunya, he'll go straight to jannah. There's no guarantee for that. Allah forbid, it could mean bypassing jahannam first. It could mean going detouring, detouring into jahannam first. What happens in the cover then? What will be the case on the day of qiyamah? So we need to make that effort to think, to ponder, to go and find out to go and ask those of knowledge 
put forward our situations, how we are conducting our businesses, how we are conducting our other affairs, is it compliant to the deen of Allah Ta'ala, to the commands of Allah Ta'ala, are we fully into Islam, our personal lives, what we are going on within our personal lives, which is not in com- compliance with the command of Allah Ta'ala. Some things we know about, we fully aware what is right and wrong sometimes. But, nafs and shaitan are grabbing us from Buddhism. So now we need to break out of that. Udkhulu fi silmi kafa. Enter into Islam fully. This is Allah Ta'ala's command. And wala tattabi'u khutuwati shaitan. Don't follow in the footsteps of, of shaitan. Shaitan is your open enemy. Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan. Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of entering into Islam fully and completely and make us among his true servants. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهنه La ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha
Yang kita Muslim dah ni pain and suffering and hardship ya Allah. Allah remove it with afiat ya Allah. Ya Allah grant afiat to one and all ya Allah. Allah grant afiat in deen ya Allah. Grant afiat in dunya ya Allah. And all those are she give them shifaa kamila, ajila, mustamira, daima. Allah remove every trace of their ailments ya Allah. Allah those with any financial difficulty remove it with afiat ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib risk ya Allah. Filled with barakat ya Allah. Allah save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things ya Allah. Ilahul alameen ya Allah. Allah whatever difficulty, hardship, anxiety, worry, depression ya Allah. People are suffering ya Allah. Allah out of your grace and mercy remove it with afiyat ya Allah. Allah grant sukoon and itminan to the hearts ya Allah. Ilahul alameen ya Allah. Fill the hearts with itminan and sukoon ya Allah. Allah unite the hearts for your pleasure ya Allah. Unite the hearts for your pleasure ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters ya Allah. Of family members ya Allah. Of the communities ya Allah. Of the ummah of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah unite one and all on the haq ya Allah. On the path that is pleasing to you ya Allah. Ilahul alameen save us from everything that is displeasing to you ya Allah. Ilahul alameen ya Allah. Allah at the time of our moth take us with la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah take us on iman e kamil ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh ya Allah. Allah make our covers gardens of jannah for us ya Allah. Ilahul alameen ya Allah grant us the shafaat of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us a place under the shade of your arsh on the day of qiyamah ya Allah. Ilahul alameen ya Allah will there be such a difficult day ya Allah. People will be drowning in their perspiration ya Allah. Allah what amal we have done that can save us ya Allah. It's only your grace and mercy ya Allah. Allah, we beg of your grace and mercy for that day, Allah. Allah, you grant us a place under the shade of your arsh, Allah. Allah, enable us to cross the full sirat with the speed of lightning, Allah. Allah, grant us the water of kawsar from the Mubarak hand of Nabiya Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Allah. Ilahul alameen, Allah. Allah, all those who have passed away from our families, throughout the ummah. Allah, make the complete maghfirat, Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Allah. Ilahul alameen, Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them. All who have raised their hands with this dua, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Forgive one and all, Ya Allah. Forgive one and all, Ya Allah. Forgive one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant each one every khair and barakat and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayas needs, Ya Allah. Grant each one afiyat in deen and dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever we've asked for, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. Allah, we, what we did not ask and should have asked for, Ya Allah. Bless us with that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nash'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'athaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq. Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله